You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. The Lions have roared back into Premiership contention with a proud win over former bullies, the Tigers, but revenge is on the cards for their next meeting. The Saints' free ride ends here. A club that was expected to finish in the eight has become a shell of last year's performance and another big loss draws the ire and disappointment of the football world. The Dockers weigh anchor and win back some respect for a season that was slipping into ugly territory and the Crows ended the Demons' unbeaten streak, there will be hell to pay for yet another game decided by a big non-call decision. Boys, welcome. How are we? Good and healthy. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, some big lines there, Langs, and uh, I'm doing well on this Monday evening. Thank you both yep. for being here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Another big week. I feel like we, we do wild. literally say that every week, but it's been another big week in football. And the MRP. P, you're at it again. The MRP, they're, they're, the MRP. front. Um, so here's the big one I think a lot of people are talking about. Holman from the Suns mm-hmm. offered two weeks for a tackle he did on Mitch Duncan, which led to Duncan obviously getting concussed, which you go, oh, concussion is bad. But that was an absolute excellent dream tackle mm-hmm. that you would encourage Perfectly everyone to do. Yeah. Just because he accidentally you know, knocked his head. This is not something that should be suspendable. Um, not even a free kick in my mind. It should be. So, oh, what are your other thoughts, than guys? Holding the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other than against Duncan. Yeah. Tis, any comments on that? Uh, well, obviously at the game live and saw that, and we were a bit bit scared because um, I just saw Duncan just lying on his back and he just looked dead. Yeah, so, dead. Um, yeah, luckily he's okay. But uh, um, obviously a bit of concussion there. I, I'd have to see it like again for the Fox Footy, but I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> shocked as how that can be a suspension. Um, to, to you know, um, Holman, obviously a great tackle there. Uh, accidents are allowed to happen in football. Just because the end result is bad doesn't mean that the player uh, executing, I suppose, the action has to be accounted for there. If it, <laughs> we've seen many times where if it's malicious intent or you know um, you go bump and you get the head, that I'm fine with that getting weeks. But yeah, I, I, they're just way too trigger happy on these. Um, the, yeah. You know, these, these actions that end up being concussion that are just fewer football accidents. There's a lot of the accidents in the game and players don't have to be punished every single time as a concussion. I think with this one, I think it's clear that they're going to challenge it and I think it's clear that they'll get off. But the issue is the miscommunication of this getting two weeks in the first place. No one on the day thought that this was going to result in a two-week mm. suspension. And then you compare it to some of the other suspensions that happened during the year and even this round, which we'll talk about. But obviously, Holman, I think, will get off. Mm. But yeah, it sort of raises questions about the whole process and how the grading system, you know, the careless, you know, if it leads to injury. We go back to that conversation we had last year. You know, if I attempt to shoot Tyson and, and I miss, is that still like yeah. a two weeks because it's intentional or something like that? I don't understand how they've changed. Have they changed their grading system then? Because they used it's, to say, yeah. oh, it's about the action. We're not yeah. trying to yeah. talk about what the happened. Incident. But literally, there was nothing wrong with that tackle. It was a perfect tackle in my mind. I was actually worried. I thought Duncan had done like his knee or something. When yeah, he I saw fell it. Down. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a bad concussion. Mm. But accidents should be allowed to happen in a game. Like. It's, it's unavoidable. But if if he'd maliciously or even just negligently, you know, gone for a bump, as you yep. said. But this is just a perfect tackle, which most people cheer for. Yeah. And I think the AFL is going to lose a lot of support yeah. from this. Like, on, on people who will switch off. Because everyone's saying this game has become a bit of a joke. Mm. And, and yeah. until they f- fix the root cause, this is just a symptom of the, the root cause with... They are placing uh, the outcome over the actual intention of what the players tried to do. Until they fix that up, we're going to continue to see these. Yeah. And another one, sorry, Chuck, another big one that I wanted to mention. So the Hardigan one. Yeah. Um, I know there was a Plowman one to talk about. The Hardigan one, three weeks for a deliberate hit to the back of a player's head behind the play. We spoke about Patrick Dangerfield getting suspended in round one for a football incident. I still believe that Dangerfield should have been suspended. Mm. I believe that he should have been uh, suspended for that action and the three weeks was a correct cause. But now you look at three weeks for a football accident and three weeks for a deliberate hit to the head behind play and how does that match up? And I think it plays again to the result rule because Walsh Mm. went on and became the best on ground, absolutely dominated and 
you know what's an interesting fact is do you think this would have even been looked at if it hadn't have been sent in from a fan recording on his phone yeah well it obviously got picked up on down the ground vision but it just the punishment doesn't fit the crime here Hardigan should have been at least four to five weeks because he, he's had track record in the Geelong game and not to make it all about Geelong but he did a not a similar action but he did hit Hawkins in the back of the head I know it was an attempted spoil ear massage, yeah. ear massage and that didn't even get looked at but we, we can speak about the Plowman one because again if we want to draw comparisons to the Dangerfield incident in round one it was a football incident where two players have collided player got a concussion in O'Meara and he'll miss next week Plowman has got the two weeks but I think they are challenging it and the view is that he'll probably get mm. off as well because there was sufficient intent that he was going the ball. Yeah. I can see where there is differences in the Dangerfield one here because he actually lifted off the ground yeah. and then probably didn't need to bump. He could have chosen mm. to tackle. In this instance, there was no other option for Plowman but to bump or, yeah. or spoil, which caused the contact. But the Hardigan one is the one that's yeah. pissed me off, to be honest, because, <laughs> and I'm sure I echo yeah, that, your thoughts but it just it doesn't make sense yeah well you were talking about the ear massage yes um Pickett from Richmond yep. is another one who's who's also mm. challenging his yep. suspension so him Plowman Holman are all challenging it's it's really strange because I think we've seen everyone who's challenged this year has actually gotten off so far yeah so I think clubs are looking at as going well, it looks like the match review, like, you know, going to no the tribunal idea. is your case of get our jail free card and it, almost. And it, it's just such a bad look that people are getting weeks and then getting off. There, mm. there needs to be some consistency with like, yep, okay, you've done the crime and yep, we absolutely agree. The tribunal absolutely agree with, who's the, who's the MRA guy? Chris Chris yes, Michael Christian. We absolutely agree in this instance that this sentence is correct. But mm. there's been so many cases where Chris does all this work sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly gives players weeks and then it just gets overturned the next week anyway. Got to to have a foundation there and actually stick by it. Uh, Plowman's one I only saw once, but because O'Meara got concussed, he gets weeks. If O'Meara, if if it's him bumping Dangerfield, that Dangerfield will probably be fine, but because of the outcome there, I I don't feel like he really went off the ground. I'll have to see the vision again, Mm -hmm. but I thought Plowman was very stiff to get weeks there because he purely going for the ball and they just collided. And there's another comparison there. So Plowman and Holman both got two weeks. Everyone thinks Holman is getting off. Some people think Plowman's getting off. They're both football mm. accidents. Both players got concussed yeah. that was involved in the accidents. One's going to get off, one maybe not. So And, and all Tigers fans think that <laughs> Pickett should get off too, yeah. apparently. Well, there was... <laughs> there was two. the Rioli, wasn't yeah. it? Oh. There was two incidents with uh, uh, Pickett that were very similar from Brisbane mm. players that didn't even get looked at as well, so I can understand their um, issues with that. I was going to say, do you remember Rioli did that massive rant on Instagram about how everyone's trying to bring a brother down or whatever oh, yeah. with it? Wow. Yeah, And Will- like, Willie, mate, Willie keep your head yeah. down when you're, yeah. you're, you're basically you're on the thin ice <laughs> yeah. at the club and you're doing swear, you know. Swear words. Swear words. <laughs> Naughty swear swear words. words are bad, guys. No. Um, but that was a bit crazy. But we're talking about how we've seen a bit of a change in you know, um, the MRP and, and what they're doing and, and going to the tribunal and how suddenly people are getting off all of a sudden where they used to, you know, enforce you a bit. I think we've seen a bit of a change in the AFL in terms of acknowledging when they're wrong, which is weird. The umpires, a lot of decisions lately, you know, you used to always back them in and be like, there's no way they've backed that yeah. in. That was a terrible call. And we're talking obviously reference to a non-deliberate call yeah. that wasn't paid um, against Melbourne. And it's kind of interesting. The AFL's actually just come out recently and said, yeah, we think that was the wrong decision to call that not deliberate. I just want to raise, I think it shouldn't have been deliberate now. I think everyone had, after seeing that vision of where it touched the Melbourne player's hand, Spargo. yeah, everyone suddenly went, oh, okay, I can understand them not calling I, it now. I did hear And they've suddenly reversed about, that. But I didn't actually see footage. Did it actually There was another Spargo's angle hand? where they yeah. showed it actually hit like Spargo's like, knuckle or something yeah. and kind of went off, which technically, based on the rule, if someone else touched it, then but it's not the your fault. But did the umpire see that? Yeah, I assume he didn't see that. Yeah, so it should still be deliberate. Mm. <laughs> but I'm just saying in the end, yeah. you can justify the means yeah. and say yeah, it Yeah, absolutely. Te- on a technicality, it's not deliberate because it's come off Spargo's. Mm. But in the moment... This is now the third, maybe fourth game of the year that has there's been a non-decision tiz. Two of them involved Geelong. Obviously, Jeremy Cameron, 15-metre mark, not paid, and Blitzarves holding the ball, clear holding the ball in the goal square against mm. Brisbane. I, I'm actually getting I'm getting very annoyed this podcast, but I'm getting annoyed that the AFL come out and say, oh, this was on, this was right. 
you can't change unless you're going to change the decision don't say anything at all because it just triggers people <laughs> and I, I i think they're trying to save face and and say that they're you know we're, we're doing the right thing by you know saying that this should have happened this shouldn't have happened but um, yeah unless you're going to change the decision there shouldn't actually be anything said at the time but what do you think about those non-call decisions and especially this one well why can't we see a lot of calls that they make wrong or right um why is it only the games that are close and yeah. decided decided late but yep. yeah obviously it's controversial and, and i have strong opinions about umpires don't win or lose your games yep absolutely again if they're, again if they're close um if, if you're a good enough team you'll have enough of a buffer to get through yep. thus you can't you know, if Melbourne were good enough, they would have been beyond 16 points. Yeah. And, you know, they wouldn't have allowed the Crows yeah, to get they, back they into the game. Run. Yeah. Um, they had their chances, but... Yeah, I don't you... really have a problem with them admitting that they think they were wrong. Yep. I think in the past, people have gone, when they have enforced it or they haven't made a comment at all regarding something, people have gotten really angry yeah. about that. I don't have an issue with them actually coming out and saying, you know what, this umpire did get it wrong and we're talking to him because it gives the impression that, well, they're going to look to change. Like, none of these calls have been identical sort of calls that they've been getting wrong. They're different yeah, they're sort of ones. Different, you know? They're all different circumstances too. which yeah. have been non-calls. A market deliberate. Yeah, if you've been tackle. seeing holding the balls happen a lot, then you'd be going, oh, gee, they, yeah. they're clearly just yeah. saying being faced and then they're not actually acting on yeah. it. But these have been different circumstances, different decisions, and... I think maybe they are, you know, it's, it's a good thing to actually acknowledge when you're wrong. You're yeah. not, not going to see a player go out and say, hey, you know, I should have got three weeks. I actually, yeah. I actually <laughs> coward punched a guy and yeah. no one saw it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that the conversation from last week, um, Brett Ratton was talking about they laid however many tackles and they only got three free kicks or whatever from it. And directly the week after, we've seen, you know, we were talking about the Ben Keys situation. Tis, we were sort of split as to whether it was a holding the ball in that Melbourne game. Yes. But that... That holding the ball and the inconsistency mm. around holding the ball, especially because the deliberate may have been, you know, there or not there, but definitely that holding the ball—that's another contentious one that may have cost Melbourne as well. And we just watched it before, and mm. we reckon Keys may have got a hand on it, but it's also one of those ones where that can probably get paid, you know, of holding the ball, you know, most most games because it sort of was a flurry of hands touching the ball at the same time, but. Uh, that, it's all happening. Yeah, that decision. Did we want to go over those two decisions? The, the, uh, the I would deliberate... have jumped on that in my game review, but that's fine. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> we, let, let, let's save the discussion for yeah, the game. Because I think we do have yeah. some differing opinions on that, that regard. That'll, that'll but you were talking about Brett Ratton. Oh, um, oh what a segue. And I've, I've <laughs> got to bring master. this up. He's come out in his press conference after a humiliation oh. by the Dogs. And the Dogs are a good team, but we all thought the Saints were going to be right. You said it in the opening. Saints have just lost face here. I don't know what they're doing. Quick question, yes. what the hell's going on and who would you be, would you be dropping a lot of these players? Would you be dropping these players or do you think it's just a case of, oh, that's just an argument you would do dropping someone? Well, it seems to be a bit of a, a cultural issue at the moment with, with the club. Um, what, what we're seeing is, and it's been uh, well documented with um, the conditional Saints as well, oh. what's sort of coming out of the camp. So... For whatever reason, from week to week, their best and their worst fluctuates. Um, any team can bring effort. The Saints are choosing when when to go and when to yeah. bring effort. Um, thus, they're getting these performances where they're losing by massive margins. Yeah. You lose by massive margins when you give up and yeah. don't provide yeah. that effort and that you know that pressure that teams should bring every single week. Um, as far as play, I haven't seen them play stacks outside of the Geelong St Kilda game, but. Yeah. Um, definitely their engine room probably needs a bit of a look and uh, any players that sort of well, not performing. I've been hearing the calls that are for a lot of the older players. So Frawley, yep. who's, who's come in, okay. Ross, Brad Hill's name's been thrown up all the time, but I think he's actually, you know... He's been, he's been good He's a cherry on top. You can't be... They rely on Paddy Ryder too much, and he's been yep. good. Yeah. But they're a completely different team when Rowan Marshall isn't mm. in there. And it's it's... Crap. You can't like, honestly, rely on one, you can't rely on one ruckman yeah. to, to well, both your, your, your good ruckman to be competitive like yeah. that. Even even against Geelong, like Marshall goes down and they they pretty much that, just, gone. yeah because yeah. they, they were scored doing all their scoring in the first half. Mm. But yeah, it's it's poor. I didn't I didn't see that game super closely, yeah. so I wouldn't be able to say which senior players should yeah. go out and in. Tom Morris did a report about it being mutually beneficial for Jack Billings and St Kilda to part ways at the end of the year. Which, huge. Is, which is huge. And some of the comments on that article were Saints fans saying, yeah, it should have happened three years ago because yeah. it's not worth anything now. So, jeez. I, well, I think a lot of people are, getting, are really angry at the Saints. Yeah. And they should be. Some people are trying to basically throw away this season almost. Do you think it's a salvageable thing? Do you <laughs> think that this team could get in the right mojo and, and actually, you know, challenge some teams? They... 
were playing well against the yeah. Cats and could have beaten the Cats last week. And we were saying they are showing some sort of spark. It was just a goal kicking that kind of cost them there. But the Dogs, it was just humiliation, yeah. wasn't it? But, I mean, we'll talk about the Dogs. Or Shorty will talk about the Dogs later in, in his review. Yeah. And they were good. But, yeah, I, I just I don't want to write the Saints off for the year but because they can do it. But you look at teams like Gold Coast who have been absolutely decimated by injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they give a lot effort. of effort. Except, except, except for the Brisbane the game. Yep. That they've given effort every week and they've stayed in games. Yeah, we, just my last comment on that regarding the Saints is people saying, oh, they need to be, they've got guys like Highmore and that who they keep dropping and all these youngsters and they're playing Frawley and they're playing, good. <laughs> and they're playing, you know, a lot of these Carlisle older players. Was in, who's um, now who's, who's the, um, the bloke that they brought in from, was it Essendon slash Adelaide back McKernan. in McKernan. Everyone's saying McKernan shouldn't be in this yeah. side. Um, but the thing is, Saints still want to actually compete this season. They can't just acknowledge straight away that, oh, we're dumping all this mature talent to mm. start playing the They've kids. They've got to have a massive heart-to-heart. Yeah, They need to time. really determine what do they want from this season and, and, and move on from there. Yeah. And a, a lot of fires come on Collingwood this year who mm. were probably expected to drop, and they have, and St Kilda were expected to go up and... Only, well, they're getting based this week, for sure. The Saints need leading teams right now. They, they need drastic change. Um, they, <laughs> they need to be like blindfolded on a bus oh, they playing they, Bulldogs theme song. They, they, they need drastic change if they want to do anything this season. Otherwise, we'll see the same uh, results in consistency from week to week. Yeah, they, you, you did touch on the Dogs quickly. Obviously, mm-hmm. some injury news for the Dogs and just generally in the competition, we yeah. keep seeing... Some similar injuries. It's mm. not good to see. So Trelaw is out for potentially two months for the That's Dogs. Huge. That is <laughs> a big hurt. on a team where, you know, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, we've also seen uh, Guffrey looked like a shoulder injury oh, there, but he we, came back from the... talked about Duncan. He turned into Lazarus yeah. and came I, back from I, the dead. I, I yeah. take photos at the ground and I was just, like, scanning across and I just saw Guthrie sitting, holding his shoulder, yeah. like, oh, he's dead. He's it gone. almost <laughs> looked like Geelong season was yeah, over. Yeah, I was, I was Guthrie's really injury. stressed. And but, then, yeah, exactly. yeah, a lot of injuries just seem to be happening. Concussion. Concussion every week, if feels like concussion. Duncan's going to miss next week. Was it Jaeger as well is probably going to miss. So. Well, I don't want to touch back on it. Do you think the concussion thing is a good progression and yep. that they should be missing the yeah. next week? 100%. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll see I, how that goes in prelim final week. Yeah. But it's, um, it's, it's annoying, and we saw yeah. in the AFLW, sorry, that uh, Chelsea Randall missed on the on the grand final, and obviously the Crows lost. But Imagine if Dusty gets a concussion prelim final. Oh, they'll change like, it. They'll that, be riding to that, the... Yeah, or, or a Buddy Franklin or something <laughs> yeah. like that. We go, go real um, full circle there. But Guthrie, uh, why did he come back on if he had a shoulder injury? Yeah, and he's still... Still not uh, similar with Dunkley. Remember Dunkley came back on yeah, and, and I think, his shoulder. I think again. he still wanted to get his two votes in the brown line. Yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, he's a chance. So you would have rested him, surely. Yeah, but just uh, get him off. And Narco, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, we will. anyway, uh, a little untouched moment of the week. We talked about Brandon Starcevic last week, who's playing a real lockdown defender role, and another sort of similar uh, player for the D, Trent Rivers. Been around for a couple of years. I think he's been awesome and flying under the radar. He's he was keeping Michael Hibbard out of the side uh, during at, at stages this year, and then Harms went out, so Hibbard came in, and now they're all playing together. So obviously, probably Neville Jett has been the one that's missed out on that position because of Trent Rivers. One moment in particular that I noticed, and it did get picked up on the Melbourne social media, Trent Rivers kicked a goal from outside 60. It was a great kick. Gorn shepherded the goal through on the goal line, and Trent Rivers was sort of celebrating on the 50-meter line. Everyone was running back. It was probably about 20, 30 seconds before the bounce of the, the next ball up. Rivers actually ran from the 50-meter line to the goal square to congratulate Gorn. And I just thought it was really interesting. If anyone wants to see some footage, just go to the Melbourne socials and scroll back. You'll see it. It's just something that sort of stood out to me. We saw Cosy Pickett obviously say that the ball was touched that for the goal that he kicked last mm-hmm. week. And I think even though Melbourne lost, they played pretty well and they had a couple of lapses but it's that sort of mentality that you know they're getting around each other it's all that richmond mentality except mm-hmm. richmond aren't honest but uh <laughs> <laughs> wow um they, they are getting around each other and they're they're playing with humility same as richmond do and they are um in general just enjoying playing together and getting around each other which i thought was a really special moment that was a really good moment and i'm going to now have to go back and acknowledge a mistake just like the umpires do because i said players wouldn't do that sort of thing acknowledge mistakes and because he actually did, <laughs> he you did. Brought yeah, up well, that was the a, one example of a player a actually moment. acknowledging yeah. something like that so geez that's weird and coincidental <laughs> team camaraderie there absolutely um, and <laughs> and we did just uh mention richmond and chuck will just take the segue and oh, tears with the first ball brisbane versus richmond review what a game it was. Uh, <laughs> and obviously up at the Gabba, uh, Brisbane by 28 points. 
and gee, it took a little bit of time for them to get control of the game, but when they did, oh, they were they were spicy. Um, Brisbane. Spicy? <laughs> that's spicy. <laughs> Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane took it up to the reigning champs and uh, crushed the Tigers in the end. Tigers are perennial good starters, but uh, they've faded in a number of games this season, especially obviously in the games that they've lost. So often they get the first three or four goals and then they just die after that. Uh, now, obviously, it's been heavily documented on the midfielders and the injuries they've had. Five midfielders out for the Tigers showed. Uh, with Lions destroying them in the clearances and in the contest, plus 26 in clearances. Mm. Yeah, and I just wanted one point on that. I saw the midfielders, the lack of midfield in the Tigers, and a lot of people are actually already jumping on the riding off Richmond train. You can uh, never ride on. off Calm Richmond. Um, until but, they don't make finals or... Yeah, until they finals. actually <laughs> are out, because we saw this last year when, was it Cochin a few, and Basha Hooley and all these guys who had injuries all throughout the year, they all came back and, and yeah. fired through finals. So people that are trying to write them off and, and saying they don't have anywhere to go, um, they've got plenty of talent coming back and they'll be right up there again, I reckon, unless, you know, you can capitalise. Yeah, well, they haven't got too much leg room um, to, I suppose, lose too many more games. They're probably unlikely for top four, but yep. still be very dangerous. They can do anything from the eight. They, they absolutely can. Um, Brisbane had a good run in the third team with, with the contest and territory battle, and they were able to isolate defenders and win some crucial one-on-ones, which obviously invaluable to getting scoreboard pressure. Dusty was tackleable again with some new tactics deployed by Lions. I believe the other player may have been Mitch, Robert, Mitch Robinson. Robinson, Robinson, Robinson well. and Robinson. Rob Burtz. And yeah, he got Robinson. done three, three times, times, actually. Yeah. Three times. So yeah. there, there you go. Um, so obviously the way they went about, they went sort of, um, you know, jumped up in the air and sort of uh, really, yeah, really yeah, stopped him. It looks like off. they've actually hired martial arts coaches or, or the likes to actually teach them how to tackle a fend-off properly. You yeah, know, well, the, the classic chopping down of the arms. Yeah. I, I was listening to Access All Areas slash Sportsbet before on the <laughs> AFL website and um, Lloydie did say that he's heard whispers of martial arts coaches being employed by clubs to deliberately learn how to... Yeah. That's great. Which I think is great. You know what's really funny is my dad for the past two years <laughs> has always been saying... Dusty, why don't they just get in people like from the MMA or something and like teach him how to tackle? <laughs> All you have to do is just chop his chop, arm out of yeah. the way or grab his arm and, yeah. and bring him down. And, and now players are actually yeah. doing well, it and you're seeing it successfully. Smart, it's smart coaching. And, and they were talking on Access All Areas again about, oh, it was like a revelation, you know, they were playing, you know, Hibbard started off the trend of keeping Dusty accountable and Stewart did it and then Starsevich did it. And we've been, you know, general footy fans have been saying it for like five years, like just be accountable for Dusty. <laughs> yeah. It's you not hard. You don't, have to, yeah. you don't really have to be... Hiring a guy no, just to stand next just to him, just make sure him. he's yeah. not doing stuff. And I remember we used to always love it when Dusty did a fend off and yeah. and punch someone for away with yeah. his fist or sorry, not his fist, his yeah. palm <laughs> of his hand. <laughs> but now it's actually more exciting to see someone actually yeah, nail him in yeah, a tackle, it and and it's cool to see. That, that's a really good segue, Chuck. Um, with the fend offs, I think uh, Dusty's or oh, double Patrick Dangerfield, the next person that's escaped the most. Um, tackles. Tackle, broken tackles. Yeah, so yeah. Dusty's on like 209, um, Danger's on 103, so this is 26 last five years. Wow. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of a stat for you all. <laughs> ba- Bailey, and speaking of stats, uh, Bailey kicked a career high, four goals, and Starsevich, uh, as you guys just, yeah. just talked about, just did a great job on Dusty, kept him to 17 disposals and no score at all for the night. Um, what, what a sensational effort and to mm-hmm. just keep him so quiet, but then also keep him off the scoreboard and Starsevich has done that kept considered three goals to Robbie Gray yeah, Fantasia nice, and so many nice, key yeah. you know small forwards that are just deadly three in front of big, what, big sticks games, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane he's um, yeah, arguably the best small defender in the comp right, right at the moment have and, to be yeah um, Damien Hardwick had some uh, comments yeah, Chuk, throughout uh, the game you were all over there yeah, so <laughs> well, you, you, Shorty well, talked about it in his in his take. He did, yeah. Uh, so during the week last week, was talking about Tigers uh, whinging, unprofessionalism, whinging, whinging yep. over the year. Does and, success mask that? And obviously, Hardwick was listening and said, "You know what? I'm going to double down." <laughs> um, and he was uh, having a bit of a whinge about the umpiring, to be honest. And it was mm. quite. I'm surprised. Has he had a talking to yet from the AFL? Because it seemed to be quite a big statement to say. He basically implied. That they got the yeah, wrong rubber, the, the rules, and yeah. he said, "If our we got a young midfield, but you know, if a bit of luck could go our yeah, way, yeah. it seemed very, you know, ac- accused." Yeah, he was basically saying like, "I know we've got a young midfield, but come on." And he and it was interesting after the game, he did sort of have not a three sixty, but he was sort of talking about it in a more appropriate, joking manner after the game. 
I don't I don't know if he did get a speaking mm. deal. I, I don't think this is as big a talking point, really. But um, as Marvel, no, nah, not as, Marvel not as Marvel. I think yep. because maybe you know it's like a team holding the ball. You know, a couple of broken tackles in the last one sticks, even though it's not really there. But this sort of adds to that last sort of month's controversy with Richmond and. I don't think it's a huge issue, but it's probably just come at poor timing for for Richmond themselves. They keep piling on uh, in terms of yeah. <laughs> just just controversy. Like a combo breaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they keep going on, but um, yeah, no, a great win for Brisbane. I mean, not too bad from Richmond's point of view to go down, you know, just under five goals with you know their five yeah. of their six best midfielders out. So Brisbane, yeah, should have won that game. It's good that Richmond, it's not good, sorry, that they've lost a lot of players to injury, but the good thing to come from it is you've got the likes of Riley Collier, Dawkins, Naish playing, Jack Ross playing well. I really like um, Hugo Ralph Smith. He didn't get a heap of the ball, but he's got a bit of, like, you know, grunt about him. It's good. (laughs) He acts like you'd expect for a guy whose last name is Ralph Ralph Smith. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Your your, your dad. (laughs) Ralph boy. Uh, How about about Lions and uh, McCluggage? They're they're, they're they're insane in the middle, aren't they? Playing some great footy. Good. Good uh, scoreboard. And they've only got Presence. Neil to come back after the bye. They reckon they're expecting yeah. him back. So yeah. they could be going wonders. Yeah. I think they were... The Collingwood game, they would have been 1-4. and four if they'd, Yeah. Yeah. Kick off the siren. Jeez. Yeah. And now they're, what, 7-3. and three, yeah. So they're... Yeah. Don't replay any of our comments back yeah. then. When people Chook's like, saying, no, they won't make top four. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I did say that. I said they won't be top four, but I said... Um, we didn't expect make this. The eight. They've, they've done really well. Six wins on the trot. It would four straight as well, so really good um, execution in really front of good goal. cohesion so, in the forward yeah. line. Is, is him and, how's him and Danaher combining? Do you guys rank? Have you pretty watched well, many of the... Pretty yeah. well, yeah. Danaher's playing up the ground a bit more, mm. um, which I think suits him because he's a good mark, good kick around the ground, and he can just slot goals from 50. He still yeah. needs to work on his kicking, but overall it's been positive. Yeah, yeah. and Mick Stay actually was, yeah. has been performing Mick pretty Stay well as well. has been pretty good, yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're working well in tandem. Uh, Danaher needs to fix up his set shot routine. Um, the ball just doesn't drop quite right, yeah, and he's got to fix it up. You're, you're the kicking master. Here, I think so. that's always been his yeah. issue, though, hasn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, well, and he's got to fix it if they want to win a premiership. So, Ooh. speaking of kicking mastery, uh, this man hadn't kicked any goals before, but it came at a very crucial time for the Dockers as Josh Tracy kicked his first goal. You guys saw it, or you definitely did, Chook. It was a 60 meter chip pass, and it just sailed through at about half post height. Wow to seal the game for the Dockers as they won by two points at home against Sydney in what was probably one of the best games of the round and one of the best games we've seen all year. It was an ebbing and flowing game and mm. it had everything from Lobs four goals to Papley kicking bananas and Franklin kicking six goals as well. Huge. And You know, it came in the week after everyone was sort of writing him off and, and saying that he was no good. But boys, I reckon he's going to get to 1,000 goals and oh, it's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. It is really exciting and I reckon if he's on like 9.58 and they're playing in Sydney, we're getting tickets. So Have we, uh, have we jinxed him? No, no, we haven't. I think every time him. we <laughs> say, oh, he's so good, something happens that yeah. makes him fall back. <laughs> and then we're like, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So, Tracy, great goal, obviously, that we mentioned. Um, Fife has had some goal-kicking yips as well this year and it was interesting that his goal um, put them back in front and Sydney got another one and then Tracy kicked his goal but uh, it wasn't a set shot but it was just a midfield stoppage goal uh, close to goals for Frio that got them I back in the front I don't want to um, change with that but Nat Fife was actually the goal that won them the game yeah yep yeah so maybe was it no, Nat Fife was the last Tracy goal was of the game yeah. was it cool. Nat Fife oh, was at the sealer Nat Fife okay. won them the game okay. with that kick to win oh, by two maybe points kicked another one to make it two points my apologies that, that, yep. that's nah, all yeah, good. yeah fine, no, that's so. fine I definitely believe you but uh, Fife great time he's, he's been oh, good all year everyone has been calling you oh he can't kick goals well who yeah. cares he's literally yeah. one of the best it's, midfielders not uh, many you, midfielders you do kick a lot of goals you called it at the start of the year that you were picking him for his third brown low yeah if he if he had if he's kicked you know seven whatever instead of two fifteen. I reckon he'd be right up there in the votes. Yeah. Well, I, I also said St Kilda would be the risers of the competition, but <laughs> worry, mate, a lot of people did so no, yeah. but yeah, he he's I think he's a gun still. Yeah. He's he's oh. one of the best players in the competition yeah. and easily top five, top, top five. three yep, even maybe. Sure. Um but that goal was ridiculous. Did you say he kinda of just trickled and rolled yeah, towards it did. the goals it really and fell in, nearly got touched on the line but Yeah the good ones well. in, in oh. big moments and just one last one on Sydney who I th- I think this year, you know, losses are okay this year. Sometimes you can just lose and you take a lot out of the game. And the one thing I got out of the game, and I know Sydney fans will as well, obviously Tom Hickey's been fantastic and Heaney's back from injury and playing well. But Jordan Dawson, I think, has been playing really well this year. And there's a lot of talk about Bailey Dale 
uh, pushing for the All-Australian team. I'm not saying Jordan Dawson's going to do that, but he looks like that sort of player that will work in tandem with mm. Lloyd for the next couple of years and really take that role. Is and he Zach's like brother or cousin or... Zach Dawson, no, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> but what it what it does allow um, Jordan Dawson playing this role, it allows Mills to go on the midfield, and he's dominating as well. He's doing really and well. I think that's a big reason why they're going so well, because they've got a great mix of Parker, Mills, Kennedy, Florent, Warner in this midfield. The Swans are really yeah, exciting still. So I exciting. think people cooled off them a bit, similar to Adelaide after their yeah, hot start, and yep. then they kind of grounded a bit. But yeah. They're still overachieving yeah. from what people considered yeah. they would be they, like this still, year. I, I wouldn't want to play Sydney in finals. No, they're exciting. Big Buddy can yeah. just do anything whenever he feels like it. Um, Jordan Dawson, as you mentioned, uh, is sensational. I don't know how he didn't get uh, more games earlier yeah. on. Because I saw him in um, you know, some preseason games and kicking at seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a beautiful mark and he's an absolute elite kicking. Kick at 60. That's right. Without even trying. And... Yeah, Fife obviously got the win, got something out of the game. But what I didn't get out of the game was uh, a correct tip. I tipped the Swans, so I was spewing oh, yeah. that uh, that they went down and they oh, they had control of the game. I think to half time they were up, you know, by a reasonable yeah. amount. And then the Dockers just tore it apart in the third quarter, the, the Premiership quarter, and um, you know they were strong enough at home to get the job done. And I did say last week I have been on Fremantle's bad mm. wagon this week. Bad I didn't wagon. tip ba- bandwagon. <laughs> That's all right. I did tip them, but I did say if they were worth their salt, yeah. they would win this, Pe- and they did. So people really underrating yeah. the strength of their yeah. midfield. Yeah, even. for the, sure. Oh, it's five. No for, bracial. Even us going five or nothing. No like bracial before, for Frio as well. They're impressive. Yeah. Their young talent yeah. is, you know, they're up there too. Great to see. And you did mention your tips, and I only got one tip wrong. This week, Whoa, and it's this yeah. game yeah. right here, Melbourne and Adelaide. I don't think anyone would have tipped the Crows except for a Crows fan or two, but it was the upset of the round by golly. By golly, Trukalte, who did, trying to think of his name, but he put a hundred bucks. Fitzy, Fitzy, oh Ryan Fitzgerald, hundred dollars. Fitzy was saying that he just thought there'd be an upset. He just had a good feeling, so that might be the one person you to. Good on him, Fitzy. One for one point win. No, but we talked about Fremantle. I'm sorry, Sydney team. People had cooled off on a bit. I think Crows suffered the same thing. You know, they were so exciting to start being the Cats and and getting a few wins on the board that you know when they started to go a bit more grounded, people were going, oh, you know, they're back to classic Crows. They're still winning games, and they beat the top of the table. And, and they beat Geelong, too. It was extremely yeah, good to see, and I think it just goes to show, my main point here is the evenness of this competition, yeah, that any side can get up and win. Maybe not North Melbourne, but <laughs> they beat the Hawks. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Any team can be competitive, and any, yeah. and any team should Every be worried in a game is, that they're playing. Which is what you want, which is, I'm we'll get to the teams, it's which so is I'm worried about a couple of games. Um, basically... Clayton Oliver, I still think, is Melbourne's best midfielder. A lot of hype for Petrarca this year because he improved so much. But Clayton Oliver is absolute a legend. He's Um, he's leading the coaches' votes. Yeah, and he's taken over from. If you had a look, Champion Data rated his game as the fourth best game since they implemented the recordings Ranking in 2010. Wow. So the fourth best game, he, t- he pipped um, one of Gary Ablett Jr.'s games and where he Jonathan kicked like five Brown, goals. And basically, it was fantastic. He kicked three goals. Um, you know, high 30s and disposals, nine tackle or something, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, he was doing 27 contested out of his 38. He was doing nuts. everything, and a yeah. lot of those goals were really crucial, important goals. Yeah. I think he kicked one at the end of the kicked third, two, was it, yeah, to just keep them up then, in front? Yeah. It was really important, and, I, yeah, I just people seemed to have cooled off him a bit, even in a way when Petrarca seemed to get a lot of time, Petrarca and a lot of the mid-all Australians, everyone was putting Petrarca, Petrarca there. Petrarca hasn't been as... Good the last yeah. few weeks, and I think Gorn um, has dropped a bit. But mm. Oliver has Clayton certainly filled is that. the workhorse of this yeah, side, and he's, he's an absolute jet team. that you would want in your side. And you talked about a, a drop um, in terms of Petrarca and a few players, but I think the defense kind of dropped the ball a little bit the in this defense. game. Not as much of, of, of themselves, defense. but Adelaide um, managed to breach them. And I think uh, Nick's did say that they had actually, you know, instructed clearly to do low pinpoint passes because of how important Lever and May are mm, yeah. in those intercepting roles, that these low balls to, to you know, to Tex and the likes were actually really important and helped help them, you know, avoid the intercepting marks. You know, something that we used to say last year about Richmond and, and how, you know, Grimes and that would always intercept. Yeah. The key is to keep your eyes down, get low and, and kick to leads. And Adelaide, and high, gone. Yeah. Adelaide showed it. They showed how to do it and, and they showed how to win. It was extremely impressive to see. Um, 
and yeah, as I, I touched on, Walker kicked the sealer. It was Great exciting, game. and and you got and I think we were all back in at home. It was just exciting to see Tex back and back up and about. Yeah, yeah. But as we did discuss uh, earlier in the news, I personally think that that was throwing the ball from Keys. Yeah. He ran out of the back line. He took four or five steps. Got he got tackled by two people. Did a three sixty. The ball came out. You could argue it was a handball. The commentator said handball, but mm. I would argue it just came out in the tackle and that really he should have gotten busted before he had the chance to handball it for holding the ball. Yeah, very controversial. Uh, controversy. Controversy. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I feel like they've been very lenient on holding the ball. And I think especially late in the game, the whistle is not going to get too much of a workout. Mm. Uh, it looked like to me that he did get a handball out probably after the time that they would normally allocate for you to get rid of the ball. Um, he definitely had plenty of prior. Uh, I don't think the umpire was brave enough to maybe pay hold on the ball, but I think I've seen a number of those over the last few weeks where they've just elected just to let the play go and then naturally let it go. So I'm a bit more lenient on that. Yeah, but just in my point, yeah. I think that was the real controversial decision, yeah. not the, the deliberate. Yeah. In my mind, I think the deliberate, you know, you could get call it, maybe not call yeah. it, but I think that was throwing the ball And we, we down. looked at the tape before and, you know, sometimes you look at these things, slow it down like we did and point where's, where's the umpire? The umpire was directly in front of that and, yeah. and they saw that. So anyway, that's one of those <laughs> things. Think? And I think it was I think it was a shovel. He shoveled it out. Yeah. I don't think he made uh, deliberate contact with the ball. I think it was sort of Petrarca's hands and Petty's hands who was tackling him. And, and then it's one of those things just, you know, Parkinson's law, is it? Or yeah. it ends up it's straight at Walker's hands. So nice, nice throwback there, yeah. Langers. Yeah. Now, we already touched on the deliberate, really, so yep. I'm not going to yep. put much on this. But what I really think this cements is that Melbourne, despite having been the undefeated team this year, I don't think they are the strongest yep. team no. in the competition. I think they definitely are a great team and they're capable of beating anyone that they play. But I don't think they are actually the strongest side in this competition. Um, I think they are vulnerable in aspects. I think they drop off at times, um, and other teams are able to capitalise on that. I think we've seen that back and forth in a few games where they looked like they could be a bit shaky. Um, but what I do really think is this has set the, set us up for an amazing game against yeah. the team we're about to oh, talk about. Yeah. The Bulldogs-Demons is going to be an absolute... Huge great game and I think we almost needed this loss so it could be more exciting yeah. a, a battle yeah. I think it's sort of at that level of St Kilda Geelong round 13 they were both undefeated at that stage if that's correct Tiz yeah in yeah. 2009 yeah, yeah. both yeah. teams here at nine wins one loss and how huge I think we'll find out who the best team in the comp is and I think we'll find out who the best player in the comp right now is and I think it's between Bont and Clayton Oliver Ooh. right now because Clary's last six weeks have been incredible absolutely fantastic yeah. Uh, we've got Shorty mailing in his review of the Western Bulldogs and St Kilda game. Hey fellas, hope the pod's going nicely. Let's take a look at the Dogs and the Saints. And well, this was utter carnage. I had uh, had the Saturday night footy going. Thought this would be probably the game of the day. Turned out to be far from it. Now the Dogs smashed them, 111 points. And to be fair. I was consistently switching over to Sydney Fremantle, which was far more competitive. And I couldn't believe when I saw the little box down at the bottom right on Foxtel with the, the updated scores from the other game and it just hit 100 points. I thought, oh my God, this is really going to be a debacle for the Saints. So let's just quickly talk about the Dogs. If you have a poor day against the Dogs, they're going to tear you apart. You know, if, if they smell blood in the water, they can destroy you like no other and they seem to really enjoy it you know there's clubs out there where you go gee i reckon we're going to smack this side and they drop a bit of concentration that you know let them back in the contest for a quarter the dogs seem to revel in it you know just the the ball winners around the pill and the way they move the footy gee whiz you don't want to be too far off against the doggies because they will tear you apart now the saints well who are they? What are they? Because that performance is disgraceful. 111-point loss, and they lost the tackle count 74-48. That's pretty damning. And they've only won 12 quarters for the year, which is equal last. So the discussion of last year is just so far from what I think the actual discussion is. You know, I, I feel as if we're probably waiting, wondering, looking for that finals contender St Kilda, but I don't think it's there. I don't think it is ex exists anymore, which is 
a pretty brutal assessment if you're a Saints fan out there, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't think it don't know if it's the players. I think it lies slightly more with the playing group, but the coaching staff either can't correct what is going wrong or continually motivate them because they're repeat offenders in terms of these embarrassing losses, particularly on big stages against big opposition. So it's been a horrible year for them. They looked slightly better against the Cats, so this performance was really out of the blue. But just some of the names, you know, I've got the list up in front of me and Frawley, I know he got injured and that sort of thing, but it was going on, but I don't know if he's your answer. Geary, I think it's past him. Jimmy Webster, could be past him too. Brad Crouch just hasn't been what we thought. Brad Hill, look, if you can't play your attacking role on the wing, you may as well just get out, mate. Butler isn't the guy that you know he was last year. Membry and King just, just aren't quite firing, which could have a lot to do with the rest of it as well. And you know, even someone like Jack Bytel, you know, he's a young, talented player, high pick. I don't know if they're... I mean, he's probably the last guy I'm going to really pin it on, but he's just struggling to make a real impact. And, of course, they miss Rowan Marshall. Okay, I get that, but, gee, the problems are way more dour than just one guy out of the side. So I think for St Kilda, this year's a write-off. They've got to try and find a way to just get something out of the back end of the year. And there'll be times where they look like a good side, but I just think this year is done. There's no point, even if they somehow manage to scrap their way to a reasonable finish of the year, you know, it's always going to be well below what we expected. So they've got to find some form and they've probably got to try and find a bit of an identity. I don't know if they're a finals team that's just had an off year. I don't know what the exception is, but they're going to have to have a pretty hard look at themselves and there's a massive match coming up against the North Melbourne side, which they'll fancy themselves. No pressure on North, a lot of pressure on St Kilda. Some great comments there from Shorty, and it's uh, great timing as usual, normally not. Uh, Cody Waitman has been announced as the rising star for this round, which I think is pretty rewarding. I definitely want Nick Cox to get one from Essendon soon because he's had some great games, but much like Leonardo DiCaprio, he's been the best for the whole year, but other actors have been better in in each year by year in regards to the Oscars uh, nominations. So, um, the dogs. We spoke about the Saints at length before, but the dogs. Let's talk about them. Yeah, well, we definitely gave our two cents on the Saints. Uh, the dogs probably just about looking like the best team in the comp. They've had two hundred plus point wins uh, so far this year. <laughs> We're only around ten, eleven. Um, and I don't think they've ever done that in their history before, mm. so that's quite significant. Um, yeah, they are looking the goods. They've got so much good midfield depth. Um, you know, they sort of stifle your ball movement in terms of getting inside 50s. Their one loss to Richmond uh, was interesting in terms of once that pressure comes to the dog, uh, the dog, <laughs> just, just one dog, once the pressure is really on the dogs, and like any team, if you have Richmond-like pressure, you're not going to play to your best. I think if you have to really um, yeah, apply that, that massive heat, you know, tackle after tackle to affect the dogs' ball movement. We saw the Giants do it for three quarters mm. as well, um, but then obviously the dogs just ran away with it in the final turn. But yeah, they've got so many midfielders it's, to choose from. And, you, um, yeah. You're so right with the depth that they have. This midfield is just, it's unbelievable to consider. Dunkley's been out this whole time, and he was arguably one of their best, mm. you know, running midfielders. Obviously, Trelaw's going out as well, but I still don't see a concern in that midfield. You've still got Jack McRae, who I'm going to say it's a bit silly thing to say, but I think he's actually underrated. Yeah. Underrated. He has been consistently yeah. Yeah. destroying disposals. Yeah, I think he got all Australian last year and the year before maybe as it's well. Had Thirty touches every game. This he's season. absolutely dominating. A lot of the shine is going on Bont, who yeah, twenty six touches and four goals is great. But McRae is in and under. We've already mentioned Liberatore. You got a shout out from Kingy about yes. your post. Thank you, David King. Thanks, <laughs> um, Liberatore is absolutely dominating. We said he was number one in clearances. I don't know if that's still the case. But oh, he, he was is, up. He was like plus twenty. He something in clearances for the year. Um, Smith is a, a young up-and-comer who's yeah. helping complement that midfield. But when, Sorry, when Trelaw went out, mm-hmm. Lockie Hunter had five centre-bounce attendances, which was his first centre-bounce attendances for the year yeah. and the, oh. probably one of his better games too in, in a so. smashing. And Lockie Hunter was huge against Carlton in the last quarter yeah. as well. Yeah, I true. think their midfield is depth, but it's not just depth in that midfield. It's quality depth. Look at this. 
this back line as well, yeah. running defenders. Yeah. Who was it a couple, three or four years ago, Johannesson was the best running defender in the yeah. competition. Caleb Daniel came in and now he became like all Australian potential superstar yep. backman. Bailey Dale yeah. is the one that's tearing things apart and now off that goals. back line Bailey and Williams doing well. a lot. They seem to have unlimited depth there. Their forward line, they had the number one draft pick last year, a gun key forward who was banging down the door. Can't get a game because the forward line yeah, is playing, so, playing well. so well. Norton dominating, Bruce still performing still well. Performing but which Saints had him back, don't they? And they lost Eastern Wood to a hamstring but injury last week too. The depth in this team is is terrifying. Yeah. And I think they are the best team in the competition and it's why I'm really excited yeah. about this Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's that's why I've tipped them, to be honest. If, if we're going to segue right into the tips, Tiz, did you have anything else on the Dogs or the Saints? Oh, the, the Saints, uh, yeah, need some drastic change quickly if they want to salvage anything out of this season. But, um, yeah, the Dogs, their back line um, sometimes exposed one-on-one, but they don't really let you get there too often. They limit inside 50s, which is, you know, obviously quite significant. And up forward, you know, Bruce improving, um, Norton improving. The Bond kicking goals. The Bond Bond's arguably the best player in the comp. There's, there's a few arguments mm. in terms of um, yeah Petrarca and um, Oliver and I'll fight McRae you. Well, so, <laughs> uh, yes, Brad Close. Brad Close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're, they're going places this year. That's no. for sure. So I, I just touched yeah. on the dogs there. I had one last point I wanted to raise about St Kilda. Um, we talked about you know with. Holy shit! Who's the ruckman is out? Patrick Ryder, Paddy Ryder, Ron Marshall, and Ron yeah. Marshall. Ron Marshall's been out. But Paddy Ryder won the hitouts forty-one to sixteen against Sweet. Crazy. Yeah, he absolutely dominated the hitouts. I don't know exactly how many to advantage, but how can you dominate that and your midfield not capitalising? It's just it's ridiculous, and that's just what I wanted to close on: is you have these ingredients, and we think that they have the potential, but they've got to be written off now. And, and Shorty went against me there, saying that they should just write the year off and go for like young playing the young guns. But yeah, yeah maybe. Um, Maybe they should. Whoops, <laughs> I've changed my mind. They you had did. about 82, or, yeah, 85 tackles against the Cats. Uh, I think around 40 or so against the Dogs. So, And the Dogs had heaps more of the footy. So that when you when you win footy by a lot and you win tackles, that's massive work rate. And that's absolutely lazy from the opposition. So, Absolutely everybody. Thank you. We'll smash through some quick tips to yes. end off this pod as it's been a bit longer than usual. But thank you for sticking around. We mentioned Bulldogs and Brisbane this Friday night. I've got the Dogs by 15 points. Um, Melbourne, sorry. No, I've got... Did I not say... What did I oh, say? I was, did you say Bulldogs and Brisbane? I no, wasn't listening. I think I said no. Bulldogs and Demons. But uh, <laughs> okay. I've, I've got I've, Bulldogs I've, by 15 I've, points either way. I'm just hearing you. Uh, I have gone the Bulldogs to get the job done over the Demons at Marvel. Yep. I've also missed hearing you. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. All of the above. No, uh, I've gone the dogs as well. By about like 23, I reckon. I reckon Melbourne is still solid, but dogs are just champions at the moment. Cats and pies at the MCG, this actually makes me nervous. We've been in a very similar situation before where Geelong has come up against Collingwood. I think it was 2016 or 17. Mm-hmm. And a, a, big win, a big win to the Cats potentially would have seen the end of Nathan Buckley's career at that time. Not saying that's going to happen this week, but Pies just have a knack of beating Geelong when they least expect it. But Geelong for me, but hoping for a win. I think I've gone to the Pies in an upset. Whoa! Um, they, yeah, mainly... I think we've been playing good footy. We haven't been going along amazingly well. Uh, obviously, a couple of probably shaky weeks. We did what we had to do against the Suns. More so... The Pies just don't let us play the way we want to play it, and they and we just struggle against them. Um, it's generally like a few games in a row where they just win, but I'm not, that's subject to change. I'll have to yep. do some more thinking, but Pies initially came to mind. So let's just say he's going to end up picking yeah. the Cats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm backing the Cats. Yeah, they're just leaps above the... I, I think Taylor Adams right. back in the Pies midfields. I knew changes them. Along, yeah, so. changes, changes <laughs> them big time. Mm. And Roughhead's been in really good form as well down back. Um Brisbane and the Giants at the Gabba. I think all Brisbane here all around. Pretty happy with Brisbane, yeah. The Giants will definitely challenge them for sure. Yeah, they'll sh- I think the Giants... Taylor's have... out for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's another backline player. Sam gone. Taylor would be pushing All-Australian as well. Yeah. Yeah, ankle mm-hmm. surgery, that's massive. The Giants have improved a lot, and yeah. I think I was the only one to tip them against the Eagles. Yeah, but very nicely done. I, think that, I, don't, the I don't think they could go nah, against the Lions. That'd be huge, though. Lions, for me. Uh, Saints and North at Marvel Stadium. I've tipped Saints here, but with absolutely no confidence. But North are the only team going worse than them at the moment. Yeah, mm. you're, you're not wrong. Uh, St Kilda, for mine, yeah, they'll respond 
but that's about all they can do at the moment. And North's not going super well. Uh, we saw against the Bombers, they lapped up in their win from the other week against yeah. the Hawks. I'm actually interested to maybe Ooh. give North a crack here. Yeah. I think they've shown great ferocity better, in actual, a, you know, effort. in games. They've yeah. shown effort and they've actually capitalised. They did it to beat the Hawks and they've done it to be in games. You yeah. know, they even they took Melbourne to the wire for a while there yeah. before they eventually and, and lost it out. Uh, Adelaide Crows as well. I think yeah. they've shown a lot of potential and screw it. I might go North for now. Oh, okay. See how that's we go. Huge. Okay. Well, that's absolutely rock bottom for me. <laughs> lose the North. Um, yeah, there'd be big questions then. Yeah. Um, Gold Coast and Hawthorne at TIO Stadium. Another tricky I'm one. Back in the coast this year, they've they've shown effort in every single game except the Brisbane one. Yeah, I've gone Gold Coast not with a lot of confidence. Um, Hawthorne have been pretty poor. Mm, I'll, I'll also go on uh, Gold Coast. Um, I think, yeah, it, those two games that we just covered are, are very yeah, they're either way. Hard, yeah. either or. Very hard to pick. Well, West Coast Eagles well. and Essendon at Optus Stadium. Essendon uh, have been playing quite well, actually, and the Eagles lost out big time to the Giants and they want to win one back against uh, a, a lowly club. So clearly, I think Eagles all around at home. Yeah, flat track bullies. Uh, ooh, oh. uh, they're, they're a sneaky chance, the Bombers. Bombers. Like, they have to play amazing yeah. to win this game, but yeah. I, I'm, it's, you can't really tip against West Coast over yep. there. Richmond and Adelaide at the MCG. <sighs> Richmond for me here, but with an asterisk, I'll, just, I'll be watching Ooh, this game but. very closely <laughs> what, to see you? what Richmond's response is and how Adelaide go on the road. Yeah, I'd be shocked if Adelaide <laughs> did it over the Tigers, but yeah, Tigers at the G's are a pretty tough task, yeah. and they've got Prestia and Cochran coming back. Oh, are they for back sure. this week? Locked in. That, that seems to be the discussion. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, I'll go the safe bet of the Tigers. Richmond too. have lost. I think they've lost three games at the G the last three years, and they've already lost four there this year. Yeah. Or, th- or three, three or four three this or four, year. Yeah. So, not good. Hadn't done it since 2016. Sydney and Carlton at the Sydney Cricket Venue. <laughs> I think yeah. Sydney all around. I'm pretty happy with going on Sydney there. They're I feel like Carlton play well in Sydney when they do yeah. go up there. Mm-hmm. So. Shook's got Ooh, a... I'm tipping Carlton sort of face. Carlton. Carlton have a, a lot Something, of... yeah. Yeah, Potential. special magic in Potential. there that they could magic. do stuff. I think Carlton And I think building, Sydney yeah. are dropping a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're a bit shaky. Buddy's Ooh. doing all the heavy lifting. Um, him and Park. Parker's actually been yeah, having Parker's a great se- season silently. Yeah, no one's really giving him accolades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just go the Blues for now. And a big test for Port Adelaide at home against Frio. I've gone Port here, but uh, yeah, they'd want to. That might as well have been a loss to Port on the weekend against Collingwood. Yeah, they had. They led for. The Pies led for basically the whole game except for the last six minutes, which is when it counted. I like Port Adelaide at home here, but uh, Frio could definitely cause an upset with the way they've been playing, with the way Port have been playing. So, But Port for mine. I've tipped all the home teams as well. I think I might. Be going. He's leaning. With. I'm working on Frio. Port Adelaide. Oh, I got to go Port Adelaide, yeah, guys. Port, Port Adelaide. Unless Freeman will get um Tame Impala to play him another halftime pump up song, <laughs> then they could be going there. But I think Port will win. Narrowly, um, also in, in uh, the quarantine, she loves the Dockers. Um, yes. She put put out a, a, a tweet apology for um, Nat Fiking the winner, and I think she was quite uh, up and about vocal in the hotel room. Vocal, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, while everyone's just like trying to sleep and not get COVID and die. So, um, yeah. Uh, some interesting games come up again. Absolutely. And on that note, that does us for the week. On that bombshell. Thank you, boys, for joining you for this week. Thank Good you. Good to be here. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Good to be here. <laughs> see you later. Make sure you're leaving all your comments, likes, subscribes, and all the platforms, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.